You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, uh, looking at all the latest in tech. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you can call 069 or you can text or WhatsApp 087-166-9800. And as I always say, if you have any questions for Tech Thursday, uh, you can email them in to myself, patrick102fm at gmail.com, and I'll answer them on the next show. And to start off with today, I have a question from Jared, and Jared is in Newcastle West, and he said he's recording recording audio um he didn't say if it was for a podcast what was it for but when he said he's recording his vocals and audio that the sound of the computer he has a gaming computer and that the gaming computer makes a lot of sound and is there any way to avoid that and to get rid of the sound and i I, it's something actually that happens myself as well but i never really thought about uh, about it i just kind of did it and i tried to I tried to put like something on top of the computer or something in between it or but I've been looking a bit into it and there's different ways of doing it there are software ways around it where you can download a software that will take um, specific sounds well you can do it afterwards as well but it's a bit more difficult you can actually record and you can record a bit of the sound you want to take out and have that removed from your recording but that doesn't always work out right and it kind of mess up the recording as well Uh, I think prevention is probably better than cure when it comes to things like that you can have software that runs constantly and it does work i seen um that youtuber pewdiepie was showing his setup one time and he was uh showing the software he has that removes all the background noise so he just does his podcast and he said if i turn off this software you can see what it sounds like and all of a sudden does you can see here fans and things going so it definitely um it definitely can happen another thing you can do actually um is very handy i set one of these up for my brother and it could be used for that reason as well is a is a, a hub what it is it has one usb connection to the computer and then it the hub itself has lan connection it has um like five or six usb connections it has um everything you could you could want to can uh, a headphones and microphone connection uh, so it has everything connected to it uh, which would be very handy for uh, getting a bit of distance between your microphone and the computer itself so um that's actually a good idea that's what i'm thinking about myself maybe is getting one of those hubs and putting my computer maybe on the floor or moving it a bit further away Uh, on the floor is never a good for idea for a computer especially say if you're on a carpeted floor but even a wooden floor that could get dusty or anything because the computer is going to be sucking in dust uh so you don't want anywhere that could be gathering dust or anything like that too much um because they'll get very dusty inside them and it could affect the cpu and it could be overheating and different things could happen GPU everything um, but getting a bit of distance say I have a shelf I could move it over onto a shelf across from my desk and just have the the single cable coming over from the computer uh, onto that hub and plug my mouse my keyboard my microphone mixer whatever I have into the hub um, and and uh, work away from there so that might even plug the LAN cable in there as well and just have the computer in the distance so that's a that's an option that's a 
for reducing your audio and that's what I was thinking of maybe doing myself is get there's lots of different types of hubs and stuff like that and it's a good way to get a bit of distance um, I don't know how long a cable you could get away with you know say here at the station now we have a room with all the computers and the, the, the screens for the computers are in another room and we have a, a sender you know on both a sender and receiver uh, for picking up the signal um, but I don't know that hub on its own with a single cable I don't know how long could you go and buy a 20 foot cable and connect it or, or, and like especially when you have so many connections going into it is it going to slow everything down um, you know so I'm not sure about that now maybe you could leave certain things that you need high speed connection connected Oh, at the PC uh, where it is and just use what you need like keyboard and mouse and stuff in the uh, on your desk uh, with a bit of distance and your microphone of course um, but yeah it's interesting it's interesting um, but that's one way of doing it anyway and another way is the software you can have noise redu- noise reducing software live noise reduction software you can look those up uh, there's a few different ones at all so um yeah, that's two ways around it anyway. Um, other one is maybe if you have a condenser microphone to maybe try a, a dynamic microphone, they pick up less background noise and things like that. Uh, sometimes people record on a very high, you know, right at the top of the audio. Sometimes you could record it a bit low or use a pad button on your mixer uh, to kind of um, pull away some of the background noise and maybe boost it up later. Uh, I, I noticed that in if I record at say half of the fifty percent volume rather than eighty percent, and then boost it up later, it doesn't. It just boosts up the voice. It doesn't boost up the background as much. But it depends on which software you're using and what type of microphone and everything like that. So I suppose the best thing is trial and error and see how you get on. Um, yeah. So one of those hubs is definitely a a, a good way around it. A PC hub. Uh, so that's what I, I might try myself but there's different there some of them are expensive some of them are cheaper as well uh, so and the quality as well so um, yeah but that's a that's a way around it anyway uh, so we can have at some a look at some of the latest uh, in tech Nintendo share slump 6% on Legend of Zelda delay and Nintendo share slumped by 6% in Tokyo trading after the gaming firm said it was pushing back the release of the hotly the release of the hotly awaited sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, to spring 2023 from uh, this year's planned debut. Uh, the fall comes from Nintendo shares um, comes after Nintendo shares had gained 25% so far this year by yesterday's close. The company had shaken off concerns that the hit Switch console might have peaked following a hardware refresh in October and at the launch of a critically acclaimed Pokemon title in January. Uh, In order to make the game uh, experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently, so please wait a little longer. Zelda series producer uh, Isha Auma said, Anuma said uh yeah so there's a bit of a delay there like as a as a gran turismo player i know all about delays gran turismo 7 was delayed and coming out but you know what the more i play it the better it gets and definitely um when i started to play it i was just picking (coughs) random races and trying to win them and uh trying to buy cars and i was nearly out of money trying to buy different cars but i i noticed there's a cafe in it and the cafe gives you different missions and if you keep following that 
that those missions like all, sometimes you'd have three missions to do in one in one go uh, you know three races or something and each race would give you a car you know and give you very good prize money and some of the big races then would give you like 70,000 uh, credits or whatever it is so you can definitely build up money in it uh, it was a bit annoying that they give you like a lotto ticket kind of thing where you have like it, it rotates around and it stops on one of five different options and generally always it was the lowest option you know it was the smallest uh, there was like a small pot of money a big pot of money uh, a car or some part for a car and it was always the small pot of money over and over and over again like one in every ten would be anything other than the smallest prize on Gran Turismo so that was kind of annoying me um, but there was some complaints about it that they actually lowered some of the prize money um, they, they cut back some of the prizes for certain races and a lot of the fans were giving out so they apologised and they gave every um, every player that played between certain dates a million credits so I got I was I opened up uh, Gran Turismo the other day and I had a million extra credits so I was what is this about I clicked onto it and topped up my money by a million so that's like a tenner's worth if I was to buy it if I was to go into the PlayStation store and buy it uh, so that was very good um, it was kind of an apology for, for changing the rules and people copped it I suppose they did. They thought people wouldn't realise it but um, they did um, so uh, yeah so it's getting better and better as it goes along and they restored I think they restored the payouts for the certain races and things like that because people were giving out um, so it's definitely improving um, let's see what else we have uh, plastic particles found in human blood for the first time so there's a picture of somebody's finger here with all little tiny pieces of plastic on the on the, the top of the finger and it said uh, a 29th study found by WWF WWF International concluded that people could be ingesting the equivalent of a credit card of plastic per week per week jeez I was thinking per year or something per week that's a lot uh, scientists have found traces of microplastic in human blood for the first time in new research published yesterday. The Dutch study, uh, led by scientists at Virge, V-I-R-J-E University in Amsterdam, took blood samples from 22 donors and tested them for five different types of plastic. Plastic particles were found in 17 of the participants out of 22. Uh, according to Professor Dick Vetak, uh, an exotologist from Virgin University that they don't make these things easy to pronounce um, uh, the effects of the plastic particles in the bloodstream are still unknown uh, we still have to understand what happens to these particles in our body um, further research uh, into the health risks of the plastic particles in the bloodstream could take between 5 to 10 years it's not going to be good anyway is it it's not you know that's that's dangerous I suppose it's all the packaging and yeah, how do exactly does it get in does it like leak say if you buy some chicken fillets in a packet does it leak through the it does a leak through the packet into the fillets themselves and then when you eat them it gets in there or is it that uh, some packaging that's hard to remove there might be bits of plastic left on it or something that you don't realize and you end up eating it or something i don't know 
um, further research into the health risks of the plastic particles in the bloodstream could take between five to ten years. Yeah. Um, microplastic exposure would would not be fixed soon. It's something we have to deal with in the coming decades. I think it's one of the emerging environmental problems. Avoiding microwaving your food in plastic containers and ventilating your house are some of the solutions given by uh, the professor to minimize the ingestion of plastic particles. So, oh, microwave, yes, of course. You know, you see some of the containers. Um, I, even I have, I have to say, like I have a, a microwavable container with a roof, with a lid on it, and you press the button on top of it and it, it's for the steam to get out. But the bottom of it is all kind of burned a bit. You know, it's like even if I clean it, it's not perfectly smooth. It's like rough on the bottom. So obviously bits have came off. So, you know, I probably have, when I've reheated some of yesterday's food or something that I had stored in the fridge, uh, I could have inadvertently um, ingested some plastic by reheating the food. So, um, yeah, maybe that from now on, I'll just put it on the plate, you know, the leftover food, put another plate on top of it upside down and put it into the fridge or something like that and reheat it that way rather than... um, putting stuff into plastic containers yeah uh, microwaving yeah is is one way of i suppose melting the plastic into your food in certain ways um and what was the other one and ventilating your house so how would that uh something to do with i don't know how ventilation your heating system or cooking or something in the air bits if you're I don't know how that burning something with plastic in it or something if you had wood with plastic it's uh, in, you know like um, laminated wood or something in your fire or something I'm not sure um, the research published by the journal uh, Environment International looked into polymethyl metas, metacrylate and so all these names are different plastics um, uh, a completely plastic free environment uh uh, in the future uh, the, the 2019 study by WWF International concluded that people would be ingesting the equivalent of a credit card yeah so we saw that oh yeah, so that's the end of that but it's not good though you know it's a uh, it's a uh, dangerous um, plastics in the blood it can't be good anyway but um, hopefully um, it might lead to new laws and new uh, things to uh, to, to remove plastics from foods, uh, different types of packaging or reusable packaging or something like that. Um, EU lawmakers cut back on wholesale roaming charges. EU lawmakers backed lower price caps on wholesale roaming fees paid by telecoms operators to peers in other EU countries, extending for a decade a policy that benefits consumers. The European Parliament and EU countries uh, had reached a political deal in December last year. The next step will be the latter to give their formal agreement in the coming weeks for the price caps to come into force. The European, the European Commission scrapped retail roaming charges and introduced price caps on wholesale roaming charges in 2017, saying this would spare consumers from the bill shock when they returned from their holidays abroad. Uh, yeah, so that's a good idea. Uh, under the political deal reached last year, the wholesale voice tariff would be capped at 0.22 euro per minute next year and go down to 0.19 euro. So 19, is that, 
zero point one nine euro um, in twenty twenty five until twenty thirty two. Wholesale rates for text messages will be limited to four zero point zero four euro per message next year and zero point zero three in twenty twenty five to twenty thirty two. Uh, data tariffs will be capped at one point eight oh euros per gigabyte uh, next year and one point five five euro in twenty twenty four. Gradually decreasing to one euro in 2027 and 2032 yeah so that's good that they'll cut down those prices a bit um, organisers of the Oscars have begun disciplinary proceedings against Will Smith after revealing they asked him to leave Sunday ceremony but he refused uh, it's after he slapped Chris Rock for making a joke about his wife Jada um, the comedian uh, was back on tour last night and he said he's still processing it all. Actor Jim Carrey said that while it was wrong, Will cracked under the pressure. It was more than just an insult to, to someone's wife. Jade is a tough girl. She can defend herself. She wasn't being phys- physically attacked. What that was, was someone who's, you know, beyond the bandwidth. There's lots of people falling down on either side, and uh, it's it's a strange one. But it's just, it was a very mild joke in a way. It was kind of a compliment. He he compared her to like oh, he said you could be the next GI Jane or looking forward to GI Jane too. And GI Jane was famous for being oh, very beautiful and very strong and everything like that. And you saw it was kind of a compliment in a way uh, because you know. And he said he didn't realize that she had a medical condition. He just thought she had a shorter hair. Uh, uh, like many, like you know, Sinead O'Connor over the years, and and uh, like in the movie GI Jane, so that's why he made it. So he didn't understand um, that. But it was kind of a, it was a very mild joke, you know. But I, I think there was a lot of frustration built up in Will Smith. I think he overreacted to it. Um, but he obviously overreacted to it. You know, the words are not violence, as, as some people might think words are violence, but they're not. But to actually resort to real violence is is crazy. Like, um, but yeah, but it definitely brought a lot of eyes to um, to. Um, uh, the Oscars anyway and uh, it brought a lot of attention uh, because the, apparently pre that incident which was the majority of the show it was one of the lowest ratings ever and then uh, it got massive ratings obviously everybody it once it, they heard about it happening everybody started tuning in and seeing what was going on so uh, it definitely got more eyes back on the Oscars and even next year people might be tuning in to see if something will happen again or see what's going on or maybe it'll have died down by then and people have forgotten about it but um yeah it definitely uh it, it was a talking point for everybody for the last few days um almost ninety thousand small irish businesses have lost critical data after falling victim to a cyber attack in the last year a new survey shows almost nine in ten firms are concerned about being targeted but a quarter admit they're not prepared to defend themselves karen o'connor from data pack who carried out the study says more firms need to act for themselves so let's see what karen said about that having a backup is essential and that's the one thing on this world backup day that we're appealing to organizations to do especially in the small and mid-market sector as a result of this survey is to understand their data and their data backup ultimately it's your last line in defense and it's your main line in terms of getting back in operation and protecting your organization 
yeah definitely backups are very important um i know it takes up so much space you know you might say i have five terabytes worth of stuff you know how can i back it all up but it's worth it you know to buy maybe an external hard drive and back up everything you have onto it depends on what type of business you have but um it's definitely worth investing and and storage is getting much cheaper nowadays so especially if you're not bothered about out and out speed you know um you can get uh, traditional HDD hard drives for much cheaper um, than they used to be because SSD drives are popular at the moment now. So, you know, you can get like 10 terabytes of storage for a lot less than you'd think. And uh, say if you had a small business, uh, it would be worth having it on, you know, having it and just whatever you save or whatever you uh, you save your records and things like that, have it all backed up onto a, you can set it up to do it automatically to back up everything onto the or do a regularly backup maybe do once a week back up everything onto that drive and then you have it there if anything happens if a cyber attack happens um, and they they take down your computers you can wipe the drives and uh, use the backup to, to set it all up again or something like that you know um, yeah I've done that with a lot of uh, with my own computer even I have a, a clone of the drive and if anything happened I just uh, I could just swap over to that and, and wipe my own drive kind of thing I've done it multiple times where um, not I was hacked or anything but something went wrong where I had an error that kept coming up and I couldn't really repair it but I had I kind of backed every, all the apps I needed up onto my external drive and then I just wiped it and reinstalled Windows and reinstalled all the apps and it worked again there was some error and it kept um corrupting the audio uh, and i couldn't whatever i did it was like the, the cpu couldn't keep up even though the cpu was fine but it was it was struggling uh to record uh a lot say like what i'm doing now uh audio uh and it it, it, uh, it was all corrupted every time so i i had to wipe the drive and start again but uh that did do the job when i put in the clone and that worked away fine and then i was able to wipe that drive and start all over and so that drive was had a bit of use again it wasn't a fault in the drive it's a fault in the software somewhere or something was wrong uh just it, some code disappeared out of it or something got corrupted in it and it it uh it was minor but it affected it in, in a in a major way for me and i wasn't able to repair it for whatever reason cork has the fastest 5g in the country uh, the rebels are at it again. <laughs> Cork is the fastest 5G download and upload speeds in Ireland, according to a new survey from network testing company Ookla. Uh, Cork has a median download 5G download speed of 339.98 MB per second during the third and fourth quarters of 2021, and a 14% on-year increase for all operators combined. The city has a median 5G upload speed of 32.82 MB per second uh, Dublin has the slowest 5G download and upload speeds well these are median figures but I know for a fact I was uh, above in um, Dublin a few months ago and I wasn't in the city centre or anything I was slightly outside of Dublin I can't remember the name of the exact area it was on the south side of Dublin anyway um, and I did uh, I pulled out my phone and I did I had 5G so I decided to test the 5G and it was like 660 up and about 500 download so it was very fast um, 
Yeah, I remember taking a screenshot of it and I tested it a couple of times, you know, when I was in, moved around and it was 500, 600. So that area was very fast, but these are talking about median figures and things like that. So it, uh, maybe I just hit it on a good day or I hit one specific area and this is maybe covering a larger area. Uh, Cork was ahead of the rest of the cities, which particularly can be explained by being home uh, to pharmaceutical and IT companies such as Apple, Amazon and IBM according to the Ookla report. They're also home to Pfizer and some of the big uh, medical companies. I remember I used to deliver chicken products years ago uh, to the canteens of different and I used to go around to Pfizer and uh, on Little Island and some of the other big medical companies were there. I forget some of the names of them now but um, yeah it was like a school job. I had gone around in a truck uh, with, the, with the driver kind of an assistant to the driver years ago and uh, yeah there's a lot of medical companies, big massive factories and I remember Pfizer was one of them um, but um yeah, so maybe that's that's a lot of the reason these big companies uh, need a fast 5G and things like that. I, I have tested it in Newcastle West, and the 4G is quicker. 5G is ridiculously slow. Like, sometimes it's like 2 and 3 MB per second, and the download is about the same. Sometimes it's up to 20, 30, something like that in Newcastle West. But not but like you turn off, I turn, like, disable the 5G and use 4G, and it'll be 40, 50, you know. But uh, hopefully that'll be improving. Hopefully that they'll sort that out because 5G is supposed to be 5G. If they should not, I don't think they should use it uh, unless it's going. You know, if you if, if it's not ready, uh, don't turn it on. You know, if it's not ready, leave the 4G on whatever, and then when it's ready, when it's above 300, then turn it on. You know. Uh, the study shows that Tree Ireland was the fastest 5G operator in Ireland in terms of median 5G speed, uh, which reached 238.70 MB per second during the third and fourth quarters. And now, I suppose these are just average speeds. You know, they can't just pick... Because I've definitely uh, seen like 660 uh, MB per second. Uh, but I suppose this is averaged over numbers of weeks or numbers of days and stuff like that. So there could be other times where they'd be slower and they couldn't they couldn't just pick the fastest out and out speed. I suppose. Ookla uh, have compared Ireland's five G speeds to other European countries during the second half of twenty twenty one. France uh, average was one ninety point one seven MB per second, and Switzerland one eighty eight point two seven. They topped the list uh, for the fastest median five G download speeds. Uh, followed by the UK for 176.22 Ireland 162.46 Germany 155.87 and the Netherlands for, with 142.55 uh, according to UCLA so uh, we, were, we were right about the middle uh, let's see Disney Streaming's new CTO is a former Google executive who worked on the tech uh, behind YouTube um, Jeremy Doig worked uh, on compression and video tech that's in YouTube and Chrome. Um, director, direct-to-consumer streaming is now a focus for Disney, and today it took another step to, or, to organize uh, that business by announcing a new CTO for Disney streaming business unit that includes Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and Star+. Plus. Uh, Jeremy Doig is a tech industry veteran with several decades of experience 
experience, including stints with the BBC and Microsoft, and who has worked for Google uh, for the last 18 years. Variety reports that Doig will take over for Joe Inzerillo, uh, who helped build Disney Plus and joined SiriusXM uh, earlier this year. According to a press release announcing the hire, uh, while there uh, while there he worked on compression tech for audio and video and streaming protocols that are used for YouTube and Chrome. He's also worked on spatial experiences and reportedly had a hand in leading Google's Android VR efforts. Uh, Doig will report to Disney's streaming president uh, Michael Paul, who just named uh, was just named to that position in January, to have global oversight of the company's various services. Uh, in the release, Paul said, "Jeremy is a true visionary that has sat uh, at the forefront of making online video streaming possible uh, in nearly 30 years' career uh, at the intersection of technology and media, and we are thrilled to welcome him to Disney streaming leadership." Yeah, so like YouTube are uh, at streaming, I suppose longer than anybody because they're they've been they've been going for a good while uploading videos and trying to handle massive amounts of video. So they would have a very good knowledge of uh, of you know of, of that, and he's been with them for a long time. So uh, that would definitely help for Disney. Um, yeah, YouTube are definitely probably better at it uh, when it comes to varying quality and things like that uh, say if you're in a low internet area if, if I was using data now and it's, it was down to a 3G or something like that YouTube will vary the video and and um, lessen the quality for it to work and things like that but I don't know if streaming services would have that issue because um, people mightn't be using it out and about as much uh, usually you're watching a movie or TV show would be at home where you can have a YouTube video maybe just even for the audio I often do that like play a YouTube video of a podcast or something like that and literally turn off the screen uh, and just leave the audio play out and just listen to it uh, you know as a as a as a radio or a podcast kind of thing even though it's a video um, format I'd be driving and I'd have be listening to there's like a a mixed martial arts hour show thing that I listen to and it's a video but I don't watch the video I just listen to it and it, because it's all interview based and uh, it doesn't matter you, there's nothing much to see anyway so uh, so that's uh, yeah that's that's I, I suppose when it comes to compression and things like that it'd be but not, all of it would not be applicable to Disney but definitely there, there, there'd be a massive amount of knowledge there that would be very handy for them yeah so that's Disney have been doing there was another story about Disney I don't know if it's in here uh, about something that they're doing at their parks or something they're changing um, they're changing something in their parks but I, maybe I'll have it later in the show I'll have a look um, Apple and Meta share data with hackers pretending to be law enforcement officials oh so that's not good uh, both companies receive phony emergency data requests uh, Apple and Meta handed over user data to hackers who faked emergency data request orders typically sent by law enforcement according to a report by Bloomberg the slip up happened in mid 2021 uh, with both companies failing uh, falling for the phony request and providing information about users IP addresses phone numbers and home addresses that's ridiculous law enforcement officials often request data from social platforms in connection with criminal investigations allowing them to obtain information about the owner of a specific online account while these requests require a subpoena 
uh, or search warrant signed by a judge emergency data requests don't and they are intended for cases that involve life-threatening situations fake emergency data requests are becoming increasingly common as explained in a recent report uh, from Krebs on security during an attack hackers must first gain access to the police department's email system the hackers can then forge an emergency data request that describes the potential danger of not having the request uh, requested data sent over right away uh, all while assuming the identity of a law enforcement official according to Krebs some hackers are selling access to government emails online specifically those with the purpose of targeting social platforms with fake emergency data requests that's scandalous they really need to sort that out you know uh, they need some type of verification or a password system or something that only the law enforcement officers would have or I don't know like uh, maybe a fingerprint connection with uh, you know the police's fingerprints or something that will only work or um, yeah or a liaison officer with uh, the certain departments that are uh, that uh, say if they request uh, Google sends some information uh, of a suspect that the, this liaison officer can ring to confirm it um, you know that they can literally speak face to face and they know the person or something like even a video call that they'd know them or something like that but yeah it's a strange one uh, that, that, that definitely can't be able to happen anyway uh, YouTube is finally rolling out its picture-in-picture -picture mode for YouTube TV on iOS. Uh, YouTube is rolling out a picture-in-picture. -picture, so YouTube picture-in-picture -picture has been around for a long time when it comes to um, uh, YouTube on Android. So now they're uh, rolling it out on iOS devices as well. Uh, if you're running iOS 15 or newer, the company announced on Wednesday, YouTube Chief uh, Product Officer Neil Mohan promised on the Vergecast uh, that the feature... On is on the way and now it's finally here uh, we're happy to share this is a, a YouTube TV uh, tweeted out we're happy to share that picture in picture is now rolling out on your iOS 15 plus devices simply select a video to watch and swipe up from the bottom of the screen to return the devices home to the devices homepage the video can scale down and move across your screen oh yeah so this is this is, I've been using that for years <laughs> but uh, now Apple have it as well uh, while picture in picture uh, you'll be able to keep watching YouTube TV when you navigate your way from YouTube uh, TV app uh, the feature could come in handy for example if you're watching a sports game and you want to scroll through Twitter to see reactions of what's happening and if it, that's exactly what I do uh, I'd be watching say MMA fights or something like that and I'd uh, have a look and see what Twitter is saying about it um, uh, it's a feature that's been available on Android for years so it's good to see that Google has finally brought it over to Apple's iOS devices uh, that said you're still waiting for Google to launch picture in picture for all users of the standard YouTube app on iOS uh, no YouTube premium subscription uh, required uh, that feature is in testing uh, if you do have a premium subscription and YouTube's labs page currently says you can try it out until April 8th uh, so yeah you have to have YouTube premium uh, Apple finally gets reader like Kindle uh, Netflix and Spotify linked to their own sites now we're getting the full depths of the App Store policy change 
Apple is make, making good on its promises, uh, promise to let some developers link out to their own sites from within their apps. According to an announcement from the company on Wednesday, the new rules which go into effect today let developers of reader apps, uh, apps that are primarily meant to provide access to digital content like Netflix, Kindle or Spotify, link uh, to their sites for things like account management or creation. Uh, this should help improve the historically bad user experience for these types of apps caused by Apple's previous rules. Uh, previously, if you downloaded Netflix app, but you didn't have an account, Netflix wasn't allowing uh, you to give you... Uh wasn't allowed to allowing you to give a link to sign up or to tell you where you could go and create an account that made apps frustrating for users who didn't have accounts and forced developers who didn't want to use apple in-app payment system and give up 30 percent of their revenue uh, to make matters worse uh, experience for potential customers now developers should at least be able to make the button that uh, that takes you to their website yeah, there's a lot of things that Apple do that are very restrictive. That's why I'm kind of not a massive fan of them. But I, I, I realize that if you're in there and you're signed up for everything, the user experience is brilliant. But um, if there's anything that varies from their set path, they're, they're very uh, restrictive. Um, a person came to me once with a, a tablet and he wanted to sign into Google. And... It wouldn't even let them install the app, the Google, the Gmail app. Um, decided it was Google Mail they wanted to. It, it, it was looking for a password which they didn't have. Um, to sign into the iCloud and all that first and it, like there was multiple steps to get into it and they just they just ended up leaving it and they, they couldn't do it at all uh, I think they just used it on their phone or something but they couldn't get it set up on the iPad they, they needed a password for this and another password for that and I know security is important and everything but um, they should maybe have a uh, maybe it was just the way they had it set up now but maybe the, a fingerprint or something might have been better just to to get straight into it but uh, yeah um, developers can just immediately add a sign up link to their app's home screen and be done with it although according to Apple's developer support page uh, you'll have to request an entitlement before you'll be allowed to ask for an external link Apple has also mandated a specific flow if a developer is linking a user to their site they have to put up a screen explaining that any purchases made won't be done through Apple and that you have to link to an Apple page that explains the risks associated with giving your info to a third party developer <sighs> But, like, uh, is Netflix less safe or more dangerous than Apple? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. They're, it's just uh, Apple want their cut and they're, they're trying everything to try to keep their cut of everything. But that's not fair either, you know, uh, to a certain extent. WhatsApp is getting better voice messages in the next few weeks. Higher speed listening without being tied to a chat. Uh, WhatsApp announced on Wednesday that it will roll out some improvements on voice messages over the coming weeks, including the ability to listen to a message while reading other chats and play messages 1.5 or 2 times speed. Uh, yes, please put that feature everywhere. So they will roll out some improvements to voice messages. Uh, yeah, listen to a message while reading other chats and playing messages. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you can do it in the background kind of. I was wondering because, 
you can play messages already at 1.5 or 2 times speed uh, I often do that if it's a very long message I'll play it at 1.5 it depends on the person some people who speak really quickly like I'm doing right now um, you wouldn't play it at 1.5 speed because it'd be too fast but some people who would be like uh, how are you today and kind of at a slower speed you could play it at 1.5 speed and uh, so it's very handy for that so I often do use that uh, 2 times speed I'd kind of lose track of it <laughs> I tried that a few times but it doesn't really work um, but now there you'll be able to play it in the background and do you know what I know I know I don't know if it's just my phone although it happens with other people I've asked as well as um, if I'm playing a voice message and I kind of put my hand in front of the phone it cuts off the voice message it kind of mutes it it's like the proximity sensor cuts off the voice message I don't know why and often somebody would send me like a song or some long audio that they recorded and I want to listen to it but if I put my hand anywhere near the phone it cuts it off which is very strange I don't like that uh, so hopefully they might get rid of that uh, the experience of recording messages is also improving WhatsApp's, uh, WhatsApp now lets you pause and resume your recording uh, such as you don't have to leave large gaps of silence if you think of what you have to say next or redo a recording if you need to have a brief conversation in real life you'll be able to listen to a message before you send it uh, to make sure you don't accidentally get cut off or include something you didn't want to so that's very good uh, so there's more options coming with it there's also a slight aesthetic improvement uh, instead of using a line to show your voice message uh, playback progress whatsapp will now use a waveform of the actual message plus whatsapp can remember where and when you um, uh, pause playback and let you start playing back from that point again so you don't have to re-listen to entire message i have a feeling some of these things are already in place uh, the pause and uh, return where you were and things I think that's uh, maybe this is American updates and we've already got some of them or something uh, these improvements will likely get a lot of use WhatsApp says that users send an average of 7 billion voice chats a day that's a lot uh, while some features were already available in other apps Telegram for example uh, has let you listen to messages uh, outside chats for a while it's definitely nice to see whatsapp getting uh, version getting some attention so uh, that's the next one now uh, chrome os 100 brings a new launcher designed to chromebooks uh, it opens from the side now i've never used the chromebook i've never had a chromebook i always you know go by specs and things like that and a lot of the chromebooks are like um you know very small like 12 20 gig of storage or something and i was like i couldn't use that i'd have it full in a day uh but i i understand the purpose of them i suppose and uh i'd be a little bit more open nowadays because of external drives and things like that i've got more used to using those before years ago I like a laptop or oh, it has to have a terabyte of storage whereas nowadays you know if there was two options a terabyte HDD drive and or a 250 gig uh, SSD I would have oh I need the storage I'll get the, the one with the storage but nowadays I'd probably i definitely go for the SSD I, I, I'm more of a fan of speed nowadays because I have external drives they're cheaper nowadays and they're they're pretty quick for what they, they do you know just for storing stuff and things like that and have the operation system have the main apps that's why i've set up my pc now i have a, a small i have a 250 gig ssd drive in my pc and it has all the the apps um that i need to be fast and everything else is on other internal drives i have normal like a two terabyte internal drive and i have all the storage and different stuff in there 
so if I'm doing something if I'm editing audio editing video I'll do it all on the SSD drive and use it for it's all uh, I just what I do is I make shortcuts to the bigger drives on my S- on my um, desktop so if I need to store something then I'll store it there so uh, yeah that's how I go about it uh, but uh, Chrome OS has finally reached its 100 version uh, Google fully updates its operating system every four weeks or so the new release comes with a new design for Chrome OS launcher um, to make more in, make it more intuitive and customizable for Chromebook users the launcher for Windows users is equivalent to the start menu uh, has a friendlier design uh, than previous launchers have and more rounded corners it now opens from the side of the screen rather than from the center uh, this is around where the windows 11 start menu was for ages it has funnily enough though moved to the center in windows 11 uh, there are new options for sorting icons as well. You can manually, manually arrange them, organize them by name or color. And the search bar will show more detailed previews from Google as you type. Uh, and you can search between Chrome um, your tabs if you have a bunch open. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, they're, they're arranging it, making it kind of more like a phone in a way. Uh, Game of Thrones spin-off House of Dragon premieres August 21st. We finally have a release date for Game of the Game of Thrones prequel show. HBO's upcoming Game of Thrones spin-off House of Dragon will debut on HBO and HBO Max on August 21st. The company announced uh, uh, the date. Um, I wonder where it will be over here because we don't have HBO Max, isn't it? Uh, Wednesday with a picture of what appears to be a hatching dragon egg, which appear, uh, hopefully means we'll see at least one of the terrifying beasts in the upcoming show. Um, House of the Dragon is based on George R. R. Martin's 2019 book Fire and Blood and is focused on as the name suggests on House Targaryen uh, it's set 200 years before the events of the hugely popular show Game of Thrones which featured Daenerys Targaryen as one of the main characters HBO first announced House of the Dragon was in works in October 2019 the company debuted a teaser trailer in October 2021 though it was light on plot details House of the Dragon August 21st release date means it will be pitted against Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings Rings of Power Prime video series which debuts on September 7th or 2nd uh, so that'll be interesting at least we have Amazon over here so I don't know maybe they'll do a deal they often that often happens uh, say I look up a movie and it says it's giving me an answer from an American website and it says oh this movie is available on on a Disney Plus or something and then I go to look on Disney Plus and it's not there but then it's on Netflix so the movie obviously the movie company or whatever has done a different deal for it's European or for it's Irish um shows and uh, that's why if you like uh, use a VPN or something and you go into Netflix uh, say for US Netflix or something it's it's a very different setup uh, has lots of different uh, movies that you wouldn't have here and maybe vice versa so uh, yeah that's um, that's interesting to see what will happen with that show over here maybe it'll just be on Sky TV or on something else uh, they might do a deal so uh, wait and see I suppose 
Uh, Ukraine war mobile networks being weaponized to target troops on both sides of the conflict. Electronic warfare is playing a prominent role in the fighting in Ukraine, and it might help explain some of Russia's military tactics. Uh, Ukrainian soldiers have described the dangers of using a mobile phone at the front line in the conflict with Russian-backed separatists in recent years. When you hear a drone, uh, you have about five seconds to leave your position and run. The rocket will fly in fast. Uh, new evidence suggests that the mobile networks are now being weaponized as an instrument of war in the current conflict as each side tracks soldiers' phones. Um, so this, they use drones to... Uh, there's a there's a, like a, a moving thing here that explains it's a picture of a mobile phone with two drones and a truck so the drones and the truck triangulate the position of the mobile phones and then they can attack the soldiers devices called uh, cell site simulators which mimic a phone mast are stationed inside drones and trucks and sent over the battlefield to pick up the signals on nearby phones. Uh, the simulators trick the phones into connecting with several, several masts in the area, measuring the strength and direction of the signal for each phone and mast. Uh, by analyzing these responses, whether the signal is stronger or weaker with the different masts, it is possible to find out where the phones are uh, and likely send in an artillery strike to that spot. It's also possible that some systems can directly identify the phone's location. When the simulators connected them, for example, by accessing the phone's internal GPS system, uh, whichever method is employed and the finer details are closely uh, guarded military secrets, uh, they all end up with the enemy obtaining a reasonably accurate location of, wh of whoever is using the phone. In Ukraine, it is known that Russians are using the Lear 3 electronic warfare system, comprised of two drones and a command truck, uh, that's just what they explained earlier, uh, as a means to locate Ukrainian forces. The system can pick up uh, 2,000 phones within a 3.7 mile range, potentially enabling a whole host of enemy positions to be found. Yeah, that's the modern warfare. It's so, it's so dangerous. It's crazy. A man lost $500,000 life savings in a crypto exchange scam after a trader died with the password. Uh, died with password to funds. The case is now explored in a new Netflix documentary in which Tong Zhu appears after he lost uh, 500,000 Canadian dollars, 306,000 pounds sterling, including $200,000 gifted to him by his parents. Tong Zhu uh, tries to avoid thinking about the money he has lost. Uh, the 33-year-old had his life savings wiped out when the cryptocurrency exchange went disastrously wrong for him. It just makes me more depressed, uh, he told Sky News. I could have invested it in real estate. I could have put it in stocks. So far, nothing has been found. It sucks. Mr. Zhao had trusted his money with Canada's largest cryptocurrency exchange, Quadriga CX, uh, whose co-founder whose co Founder then died apparently with the password to his client's funds. Uh, Jared Cotton's mysterious debt at the age of 30 left tens of thousands of investors out of pocket and led to speculation that he may be still alive. Uh, it later emerged that Mr. Cotton had been operating a Ponzi scheme before his debt, with investigators calling it old fashioned fraud uh, wrapped in modern technology. The case now explored in a new Netflix documentary in which Mr. Zhao appears after he lost about 500,000 Canadian dollars, including 200,000 
doesn't give to yeah so they said that a lot of people want to just blame me for this he says yeah I deserve some of the blame because it's irresponsible I should have done more research it's also the unluckiness the timing how could I know I guess I trusted them a lot Mr Zhao had racked up large debts in 2018 after taking out an 80,000 loan to buy Bitcoin before the value of cryptocurrency crashed last year the software engineer decided to sell his San Francisco apartment to help clear his debt and planned to move to Vancouver he needed to transfer 400,000 US dollars to his Canadian account but wanted to avoid bank commission charges oh no <laughs> I was thinking of alternative ways to do it. I could save some money for myself. Mr. Zhao insisted that he used other cryptocurrency exchanges successfully in the past and he knew friends who had used Quadriga. I guess I trusted Quadriga. He said, I did some research on Reddit and they said, oh, it's going to take a while, but you always get your money. It's not a scam. Uh, but he ended up losing out on everything. So that's very sad. Uh, so our last story for today... Uh, Mojo Vision brings its eye-tracking display-enabled contact lenses one step closer to reality. Um, A lens with a stick-on demo showed me how smart contacts from Mojo Vision could work the next step in eye testing so this is in CNET uh, Scott Sciences a series of pop-up directional markers appear a tiny green as tiny green lines across my vision um, as I turn I can see which direction north is these are markers on a compass projected on a little micro LED display perched on a contact lens held in front of my eye on a stick the Mojo lens a self-contained display enable lens uh, that I previously tried in an earlier iteration before the pandemic at CES 2020 is back in the form of a, uh, that the company says is finally ready for um, internal testing I tested Mojo's Vision latest prototype lens in an office building in Midtown Manhattan a few weeks ago and the company was preparing it for the next phase of internal development while Mojo's contact lenses are still not approved for everyday use these lenses are another step down the path to represent the company's uh, completed tech package of, for what will be included in version 1.0. Um, so this is a picture of this little U-shaped thing holding a lens and the lens is clear in the middle but all around the edges are little like tiny circuit boards all built into like a contact lens. Mojo's vision technology, vision technology in a sense is augmented reality but not in the way you might be thinking. The hard lens monochrome green display can show text, basic graphics and even some illustrations but it is designed to function more like a smartwatch. The the lens's accelerometer, gyro and magnetometer will also give it something it didn't try before, eye tracking. So it has all that stuff built in. That's crazy. Uh, the lens's display is a green dot in the middle, and that's uh, the ring uh, of hardware around the edges uh, are the motion tracking and other chip components. Yeah, so that's a picture. Um, unlike eye tracking tech in VR and AR glasses, which uses cameras to sense eye movement, the lens uh, um, these lenses allow eye movement by actually sitting on your eye. Uh, the sensors, like on a smartwatch, can calculate the movement more accurately than more accurately than AR and VR according to Mojo's vision executives it, um, I didn't actually wear these on my eyes since the lenses aren't clear for wearing quite yet I held the lens very close to my eye and moved my head around to see the tracking effect uh, when I tried Mojo's lens back in 2020 it was a version that didn't have the onboard motion tracking or any batteries 
the new version has a battery array, motion tracking and short range wireless connectivity. I wonder could it like be powered by the heat, your body heat, the heat coming off of your eye or anything like that? I, want, I don't know. Uh, but the lens isn't a standalone device. A custom wireless connection communicates directly uh, with an, addition neck worn, uh, an additional neck worn device, uh, which Mojo calls a relay that will act as a companion computer for the lenses. I didn't get to see that part of the Mojo hardware, only the lenses. So I presume like it'll start off where you have the lens and then you have a neck thing to connect, communicate with that and you have another thing that may be built onto your phone or something. And just like AR and VR, then suddenly it'll be, you won't have to have the neck thing. It'll just connect to your phone and then suddenly it'll work by itself. And, you know, these things progress. Uh, and so it's very interesting. It's a bit creepy for people that are sensitive when it comes to contact lenses and things like that. But I'm not. I used to wear contact lenses. It didn't bother me too much. I try it out as long as it wouldn't damage my eye. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. So that's been Tech Thursday for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. As always, you can call 069-66200 or text to WhatsApp 0871-669-9800. Or you can uh, email patrick102fm at gmail.com. This has been Tech Thursday. Hope you've enjoyed that. I'll be with you again next week. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.